another day, another FBL pod. Jack, how you doing? Hey, Josh. Yeah, really good. Really good, really. Yeah, had a good weekend. Football's entertaining. Played some football that was good. And now, as ever, looking forward to doing the pod. Yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, also good. Common theme to your weekend. Playing football, watching football, and now talking football. So, good. also looking forward to that. But yeah, all good and um, ready to review my terrible game week. So, uh, Joshy boy, it's about time to be honest. You've sake. you're suffering. I don't enjoy you suffering, but I have to say you've had for some balance. very good weeks. So, for the balance for the audience, it's healthy. I think that you you have the odd bad week, and that's why I did it, of course. But yeah, well done, self sacrifice. But it has been a, a tricky week for for most managers, hasn't it, man? It's been a low-scoring week. So I think it's a good week to have a bad week, if there is such a thing. When there's high scorers and you have a bad week, it's, it's horrendous, isn't it? So I think you've picked the right one. Thanks. Thanks for that. It's making me feel slightly better. But uh, Good. Anyway, enough of that. Should we go through what we're going to cover in today's pod? And then we'll just dive straight in. So Let's happy for it. me to just just whack through them so please do rattle them off gonna first look at game week six how we got on looking forward to that and then we're going to look at the top performers again for xg and xa it's been really useful so we're going to go over that again Mm -hmm. then we're going to move on to some specific talking points looking ahead at game week seven after that and the actual our predictions and who we think is going to perform well in game week seven then we're going to look at our plans, our personal plans, uh, transfers and captaincies. And then, of course, we're going to check in with the Algo teams. Good. That's it. Good. I feel like we're getting a, as the weeks roll by, Josh, we're obviously still new to this, but we're getting a, a healthy skeleton set for each pod now, aren't we? As you say, the XG and XA, people seem to really enjoy it. So looking forward to that bit. Yeah, um, ask and you shall receive. So there you go. Yes, indeed. So should we go to game week six? Let's the band-aid off. How are we getting on? So we should say we're mid game week still, technically. I think it's about it's about to be half time in the Brighton Palace game. Uh that's nil-nil currently. And I think we've both got I've got Sanchez and Duffy going on there. You've got Sanchez, is that right, Josh? That is correct. So the points that we say now will be subject to those results coming in, to that result coming in. But, you know, 99% of the game week's done. So I think we've got a good feel, don't we, barring a Sanchez double penalty save of how we've got on generally. Talk to me, Josh. How's your week going? Yeah, start with the bad, move on to the good, hopefully. Uh, So, yeah, not a great week for me. I took a minus four worried about players and with that minus four I'm currently sat on 33 points which 33. includes with yeah taking into account the minus four so 30 you're on 37 minus four 33 yeah yeah um, cool it, who was your minus four who was it I was surprised to see it. I didn't realize you were going to do this but no I got petrified looking at all of the injuries and seeing the potential to not even to play at a, a have an 11 with points so scary got rid of scary which was painful oh man i don't think you're alone in doing that are you there was he was yellow flagged was he the whole week yeah and it it was kind of that 75 80 percent chance of playing and 
I didn't want to take the risk. So I thought, you know, mm. take the minus four, go for a couple of access, assets. I bought in Saar for Rafinha. Not then, too bad. No, that's not in bad. The end. But burn the four. And then obviously I had to try and shift around my strikers. So I upgraded Obafemi to Dennis, which oh, on paper didn't seem Obafemi. bad. But Dennis came back with a single pointer. So. Dennis the menace. That's right. Talk me through your team then from back to front. Who got you points? Who's let you down? Yeah, so not a lot of points to uh, talk about. But uh, Sanchez, mm-hmm. obviously, we're waiting to see. Please, God, Sanchez, come back with a clean sheet. That's uh, anything yeah. to say there. Sufal, two points. Trent Alexander-Arnold, one point. Mm. Shaw, nil point. Well, Luke Shaw, yeah. I think we'll talk about him. We will get there, so let's not mm. not stay on him too much. Livermento, two points. I was a bit good about that because he played really well. It was frustrating watching, wasn't it? It was frustrating. You're unlucky again there. Yeah. Uh, Salah, thank God I captained him. So that's 14 points for him. Solid. Bruno Fernandes, <laughs> zero points. Yeah, uh, as the Villa fan, I'm sure you're very happy. Oh, Josh, I was so pleased. Just to diverge a second, I was so, so happy with that. Villa fans listening will know just how sweet that victory was. They always get a penalty against us, United, every single yeah. time. I do think it was a pen, to be fair, but they always get a pen and manage to get a result against us. Usually a win, to be fair. But uh, when he missed it, it was oh, it was dreamland. It really was amazing dreamland. from Martinez. Oh shit, god, right. getting in his head. So I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And then Ole afterwards making all the excuses. excuses. It was great to see. So good to beat them because they always batter us. So just just so good. And you called it to win. be fair last week. I said in my predictions that you were gonna. Get I did it have a feeling. Knew, yeah, I did have a feeling that we would. People were really right us off. Ronaldo captaincies everywhere. I think that just ignored how the two teams were actually playing, really. Like Villa were doing very well and not really going a bit under the radar. And I think the Ronaldo factor blinded people a bit to to actually United weren't playing that well, Um, certainly defensively. But yeah, anyway, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Sorry, so you got your Fernandez zero pointer. Very unlucky, to be fair. Very, very unlucky. Because so he now well. we know he's kind of on pens, I guess. Will he be? I mean, that's we, oh, we yeah. know a little something, but then I guess we know less. Be. Yeah, we know less now he's missed it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, so Fernandez on, on zero points. Saar came back with nine points again, thankfully. And then up front, Tony coming in with five with his little assist. Fair play. Brentford looked good and he looked again a menace. Dennis, as you said, the menace and my menace with one point. And Lukaku coming in at two points. Yeah, so, Lukaku disappointing. Tony looked so good, I thought, against Liverpool. I really want Tony now. I think he bossed it. And I think he's been bossing it for a few yeah. weeks. You must and, be really and, pleased you kept him. Yeah, I mean, I can't say it was some part of some grand master plan. It was really from my yes, perspective. Without, well, cheers, thanks. <laughs> but without the, the wild card, obviously there's only certain moves I could make and... I was able to just keep him through this bit of form recently, but you're right. I think he looks good. And You've got to be he, holding him now, long term, right? After well, these performances. Spoiler, but I think I'm I'm looking at you know wild card now. So week seven, Ooh, game week seven, nice. game week eight. So definitely, we'll come, definitely talk about that shortly. So we'll see what he can do. But I think yeah, you're right. He's looking. Well, eyes on him for sure, and Brentford in general. You know, maybe. They're a bit fixture-proof. Liverpool coming they in are. with good stats. 
are at, at home, maybe Brentford are gonna. It's tricky. With, yeah, it's tricky with them because they're a bit. They're a bit like when. Um, when Sheffield United were doing really well. And apart from Lundstrom, you couldn't, it was quite hard to pick the individuals who were going to get the points because there's a team that as a whole, they were playing so well and still conceding goals. So it's not like there's a, a great defender or a, apart from Tony, I would say, who's like the standout pick from them. You know what I mean? Even though you're right they're they're great as a team. I don't know. Yeah, you could end up missing points quite easily. You know, you could pick can, yeah, can spreading them around. Wemo could be good, and yeah, exactly. But, um, but yeah, worth worth a look at Brentford. But anyway, enough of my point. Low point. Well, I think. Well, hang get... on. Let's just let's just one final word on it. Ooh, I think you've yeah. had an unlucky week, really. Oh, I think man. the Shaw getting injured very unlucky. You don't know what way that would have gone. Saar, a great transfer. Bruno penalty miss. I think you've been. You can. I don't. It's not a bad team. So I guess we can talk about why you're wildcarding and maybe that'll, like, I guess I'll be, it will be interesting to know who you're going to change in this team. But yeah, we can come on to that in uh, what we're up to next week section, which will exactly. be in a bit. Well, uh, cheer me up. How did you do? Well, this probably will cheer you up because I'm not doing great. Oh, what? <laughs> so really, I've it's been, a, yeah, a really frustrating one, actually. So on Saturday, I had hardly anyone play. But I ended with 30 points. So I had the Salah captaincy, Antonio with his eight points, and a couple of us, maybe I wasn't quite on 30. I'll start from the top, sorry. So I made one transfer. So I had to get Bamford out like many people did after the news last week. Many striking options floating around. You had St. Max, you had uh, Armstrong, you had... Who else did you have? There were There felt like there were lots of different little options. Ollie Watkins came to mind. So quite a few. And in the end, Josh, I went with Dennis from your recommendation. It felt, and after I made the move, I felt good about it. It felt like, okay, they've got Newcastle who are terrible. Not many people are talking about it. This could be a really cool differential. I'll look really clever if it paid off. I think he got booked in the first minute, or the first two minutes. And then from there, it just, Watford didn't really do as well as we'd hoped, did they really? Despite Sarah obviously doing well. So yeah, Dennis came in for Bamford with a one-point gain. Brilliant. And in the end, it probably was. It's not really a game because I've got Cody on the bench with six points, so I could have played instead of Bamford and just kept him. So it's like a transfer burned and five-point loss. But Ouch. I'm not going to think about that. So yeah, so I'm on 42 as things stand currently with Sanchez and Duffy in play with one point each as it, as it stands. So a clean sheet from both would add 10 points onto that minus any bonus. So it could be, I'm praying for that 52, hitting that 50 mark in what's been a tricky week. Like you, Trent and Livramento, disappointing by their standards. But watching the games, I'm pretty, I don't feel bad about them. Livramento, like you said, he had loads of shots. He was in amongst it. Wolves had one chance really and scored. Duffy in play now. Now, where it killed me was 30 points. I had five players playing yesterday, I think. Or four, maybe four or five players playing yesterday. And I was rubbing my hands because I had, I think I knew Regulon would come on because Torres didn't play. So I had Regulon. I think I had Traore and a, oh, Livermento was the other one. So in the end, of course, Traore benched, comes on for one point to block Cody's six-pointer. 
Regulon 3-0 down after 20 minutes. Livramento with a two-pointer. So it was just just not good. I actually let out an audible cheer on my own in the kitchen when Regulon got the consolation assist. I was that down about it. But as a, on the whole, if you just if you ignore that whole Saturday, then Sunday way it affects your mood, I'm not too down about this week, really. It just could have been a lot better. Like Trail, we'll talk about what the fuck I'm going to do with Trail Ray and Torres in a bit. But yeah, not too bummed out, but could have been better, I think. And let's see how. I'll be pleased if, if Brighton hold out for the clean. So yeah, there we are. But similar blankers to you with the Lukaku and the Livermento and Trent. Um, very pleased Jota finally got something after the after his behaviour the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and he could have had two. And I think Salah really should have had two as well, really. And uh, some yeah, some great goalkeeping from um from what's his face? Raya. 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 Yeah, right, yeah, from Brentford's Raya. Yeah, and yeah, as you say, Brentford looked really good. So that's me, 42 as it stands, with two Brighton boys in play. Well, like you said, if these two Brighton boys come in good, then I think you you'll probably see yourself having a green arrow, and that'll be, yeah, be close, in a tough though. week. It will be mission mission accomplished, right? Maybe I think as it stands now, with their one point each, I'm almost exactly. I'm on a grey blob or whatever it is. When you ah. don't get a green or a red, I'm all, I'm just hovering. So, um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully they come through. Hopefully Gallagher stays quiet because I think he's my most dangerous player currently in play. Although we hang on a minute. Oh dear. Oh dear. Goal for Palace. <laughs> Zaha Gallagher assist just oh, as dear. I said it just as I mouthed the words that's a nightmare commentators um, course let's, let's yeah. not let's not focus on that first. you're right forget that anyway that's where we are mediocre weeks I would say all round though so let's uh, let's move on to the next section Josh XG and XA so top we're going to look at the top fives again see how they've changed from last week and very good see how that affects any decision making for you know for game week seven and beyond sounds good to me man so x xgs do you do you want to go through the xgs top five for us yeah let's do it this week i think we'll just instead of saying all five at once i thought i'd we'd say say number five talk about him and then move up to number one how does that Perfect. sound i like let's it try let's give that. It a go. okay so we'll start with the xg so in fifth for xg now and making his first appearance in the top five, Jamie Vardy, 3.4. Vardy gone under the radar so far, Josh, in the FPL sphere, would you say? Yeah, I think so. I think, obviously, a very familiar FPL asset. But the way that Leicester have been, you know, a bit trouble with availability of players, people like Madison not really playing the parts that they have been, I think maybe a Leicester which have been a bit unlucky likenesses to Wolves in the way that their underlying stats haven't been too bad but they haven't been really getting the results or the points for their players so I think what we're seeing now is actually Vardy getting some good returns I mean he's he's right up there joint top goal scorer at the moment on five and the XG supports that as well um, movement looked good he's getting picked out from the more deep line players so yeah it's just that price again Jacko are you are you interested in him? No, I was going to say exactly what you just said. His price is that ten million, just puts him in that just awkward position. If he was like on a par with 
if he was like a, even a one million lower, I think we'd be talking about him a lot more because we'd be he'd be competing with the Antonios and the Calvert Lewins. Um, but that awkward ten million tag, he's not in the Ronaldo Lukaku premium bracket, but he's not vying with the others. So as you say, and I think that coupled with Leicester's uncertain start, I would say they're not they're not they don't look as good as they were last year, despite Vardy playing well so far. Just I just never am tempted by him. I don't know why. And that has burned me in the past, looking back. But I don't think his ownership's very high anyway. So it's not like I'm scared of him when I don't have him. What is his ownership, actually? I'll just check. He's, so he's the second highest goal, point scorer in, in forwards. And he's 12.5 ownership, so not very high for, for a player of that of that points potential. But yeah, how about you? You're tempted to, to get him? Wild card coming up. Are you? Is he on your radar? I think he's slightly too expensive for me, but someone to keep an eye on for everyone. Because, I mean, United, obviously, are maybe showing some vulnerability, some some vulnerability that they maybe we thought about in their previous games. But with the fixtures that they've got coming up as well, you start thinking, you know, those cracks are going to be bigger. They've got Everton, Leicester, Liverpool... Spurs City um, and I know all of those teams aren't performing mm. like they have done in, in past seasons or whatever but they're still you know not the easiest teams to play against and teams that can cause trouble for them so when you look at then Vardy's next fixtures Leicester have got Palace United Brentford Arsenal Leeds not the easiest not not mm. the easiest because there's some on-form teams there. There's, there's yeah. probably... I mean, they've got United, so that's a win for them. But <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's tricky. It's tricky. But let's see. If, I mean, it's Vardy. He does smash it every year, really, Vardy. He is very good. I think if you've got him, definitely hold him and fair play to you for getting him. And, and you've found a way to work him into your team. But but I do agree, Josh. Um, yeah, a bit, bit too pricey for me still. But, but a lot of respect for him. Got a lot of respect for Jamie F- FPL legend he is yeah. and just general Premier League legend isn't he I mean yeah. what more can you say um, so he was he's in fifth spot in fourth spot dropping I think a spot Cristiano Ronaldo with 3.44 obviously a frustrating week against the mighty Villa for him uh, how are you feeling about Ronaldo Josh we said before haven't we in, as a direct comparison if you're going to have one or the other, I still think Lukaku maybe is going to be the higher point scorer over the course of the season. Obviously, mm. things may change as we find out more with form and stuff like that. But Chelsea are going into a very good fixture like block, basically, now. And mm. you would expect them to, despite the City result, you know, just kind of steamroll through those game weeks and, and perform really well. The only difference is, I think United have just set up their stall to try and bazooka cannon anyone in front of them with their attacking threat. It when it does work, they batter teams, you know, three, four, five goals. When it when it doesn't quite work, they they have results like the ones they have against Villa. But it's worth pointing out that against Villa, you know, they still had the the higher xG. They still had what twenty seven shots on target. Uh, sorry, twenty seven shots in general. Um, yeah. You would say that they were maybe unlucky. I think the the xG is 1.93 for United, 1.57 for Villa. They didn't steamroll 
you but you know they they had a lot of low i mean you said it yeah they had a lot of shots but only managed an xg sort of not too dissimilar to villa so a lot of most of their shots were very low xg i think i saw the maths in a tweet earlier it was like the average shot was 0.07 xg they had i think greenwood and pogba had two good chances that that would have made up a lot of that xg but yeah ronaldo himself had quite a lot of kind of pot shots blocked shots didn't look that threatening himself. There were times when, to be fair, that Greenwood should have got his head up and could have played him in, but didn't and shot instead. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's interesting. We mentioned Lukaku. He's no longer in the top five. So he has, just, I know he's had some slightly harder fixtures, but interesting to see him no longer in this top five, especially when you compare Ronaldo and him. Um, I know he's a mil cheaper, but yeah. yeah. I mean, Ronaldo's stats against Villa, four shots, an XG of 0.12. Yeah, it's not great, is it? That's not great. And not on the penalty is another one. So do we think... I think after that weird... Today, I'm sure everyone's seen it, that cringeworthy, massive apology from Bruno Fernandes for missing it and all the teammates rallying around him, supporting him like he'd, you know, lost a loved one. Ronaldo is one of those. So it makes me think that they just wouldn't strip penalties from him now. You know, they'd give him another another chance. I don't know. Or maybe they'll just say, right, Ronnie's on him now. Um, it's almost we said, like we we've, we've learned nothing from that whole situation. because It is, can, yeah. You can it take, is. take it either way, can't you, really? But um, the bottom line is, of all the Premier League games, you know, Ronaldo's played since he's just come back, not many. Two of them... He's done well and got returns. One of them, he hasn't. So, yeah, you know, he'll keep scoring. Won't he? He'll keep scoring goals. I'm sure. It's just whether that price is of 12.5 is better spent elsewhere. Lukaku at a million cheaper included. He's 12.7 now, isn't he, Ronaldo? I think. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he if he drops. Um, and as, and their fixtures do take a bit of a turn now, I believe, in terms of difficulty. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he's sold a bit. It wouldn't surprise me if he was. Amazing how it all changes, doesn't it? So, such a quick quick amount of time. But I think that's one of our talking points, is to be mindful of the change. Up into third spot then, we've got Sadio Mane. Uh, I, believe he was, I believe he was top last week after, after a couple of games of multiple chances for him. Interestingly, I don't think his XG has increased that much after the weekend's game against Brentford. Despite Liverpool scoring three, he wasn't really in amongst the chances, Josh. What do you think of Mane? Yeah, um, I kind of said it before. I think he's by no means the main threat at mm. the moment. He's just not really showing that that decisiveness that we saw a couple of seasons ago. He's showing that hesitance, both in his shooting, you know, his dribbling. It's just... It, he seems to have a lot less purpose in his play. And you mentioned it already, his XG hasn't increased a lot in the last two games, and that's why he's dropped down. His XG against Brentford was 0.05. Yeah, I mean, no, he was nowhere. He was nowhere watching that game, for sure. Yeah, and um, and then you look at the other two in the front three, Jota, Salah, both getting returns. Probably both have, should have more returns, but Salah's XG was at 1.07 and Jota's was at 0.83. So, they're the ones more involved and, you know, taking their chances, um, mm. you would say. And I think at Mane's price, I've said it before, great if you want to back him and go for him. He's obviously got the underlying stats there. But I think the form, 
is with the the other two looking at if you want to have a Liverpool attacking asset, you have to have Man uh, Salah. If you want a second, despite Bobby Firmino coming off the bench, I still think Jota's going to have quite a lot of minutes and be comparable yeah. to other rotated assets at his price point. So. I mean, Jota stayed on the pitch, didn't he, when Firmino came on? It was all four of them. Yeah, potentially good so maybe that's I mean, that's not going to happen every time, but he's performing well. It's what, you, yeah. what you'd want to see. It's tricky with Jota. I mean, Jota is, isn't too far off this top five. He's 3.16, same as Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And for five million cheaper than, uh, or four point five million cheaper than um, than Mane. I mean, that's it's a massive difference. You're right. Fair play to you. I was I was getting a bit seduced by Mane after that. I think it was that one game he did score in the end, but he missed like four one on ones that that the Leeds basically game. the Leeds game. Yeah, that ballooned his xG. I think. I mean, that was a freak game. Leeds defense is porous. Anyway, so yeah, I think you're right in everything you've said. About Mane, prob- again, because of his price. It's been a bit of a theme with these three, Vardy, Ronaldo, Mane. The price makes them a, a difficult proposition, I think. Indeed. Yeah. So that's Sadio Mane in third. In second, Mohamed Salah. We say it every week, Josh. Are we still, is he still a must-have? Presumably wildcard team, first name on the sheet? For sure. Yeah. I mean, joint top goal scorer. Out of the three players on five goals so far this season, he's the midfielder as well. And to boot mm-hmm. on top of that, he's got two assists. His underlying stats are incredible. He's just he's just a, a must-have in my mind. He is again should have had should I don't know how he missed that second one-on-one at the weekend. Normally you'd put your house on him to score that. I'm shaking my head for the people that can't see the video. Oh, it was killer. It was, yeah. I thought it was in. I thought it was it was a weird one. He kind of like did he lift it over the bar? I think he did, didn't he? That was at three um, two, and I think yeah, just didn't have the clinical, the ice cold, decisive decision making and finishing ability that he maybe would have had if it was two all and he had that yeah, chance. Yeah, maybe. Just I think he was it, messing but... around a bit. Maybe, maybe thought he was offside. Don't know. Very t- tricky. I mean, Liverpool have have got mixed fixtures. I would say in the next four. But I don't think it matters with Mo. I mean, I'm te- I'm tempted to captain him against City. Even that's how good he is. He's wow. one of the very few players I'd think of captaining against the best of the best. I think he just gets goals. But again, we'll come on to that later. But yeah, what a player! Superb. Always regret it when I don't captain him. <laughs> Get him in your team. Absolutely flying. And 1.64 xa as well. Not too bad either for such a, a clinical finisher. He's got everything. Yeah, moving on to number one, though, and perhaps even more impressive than Salah, with 4.68 XG, five goals and three assists on the season so far, Mikael Antonio. Josh, is he coming back to you? Do you miss him? Do you love him? For sure. He's going to be right on that wild card. I mean, the man's on fire at the moment. Someone put him out. He's just... His XG is... You know, in- incredible. I think West Ham do have a little bit of a swagger about them at the moment as well. They're they're, they're growing as a team. I think. I think they have belief in themselves, and Antonio has belief in his ability this year. Mm. He is just um, if he get it gets a chance, he's going to put it away. And his XG shows that his you know his teammates in in West Ham are, are put him in in those positions and giving him the ball. And I just think his his XA as well is one point eight seven. You know, higher than. And Salah's. So it's it's not just the fact that he's is at the tip of the spear putting things away. 
he's involved in everything. So I gotta have him. But you've already got him. I'm very jealous. I'm guessing. You're yeah, not I'm really glad I kept him. him. Yeah, really glad I kept him when he got injured and just benched him. Was kind of annoyed that Bamford got injured because that meant a lot of other people brought him back in, and it was an easy swap when when the Bamford injury happened. But yeah, I think I've said it before. Like he plays like a premium option. The way he when he's fit, he is a premium and and should be. I think the reason he's not is because of his injuries. Um, and so when he when he is fit, he's almost as must own as Salah. I think in this West Ham side um, for the last sort of twelve months. So, yeah, he's brilliant. I think if he, it's one of those weird ones where if he was priced higher, I think we'd almost like respect him more and consider him for the captaincy more. But I think that's always a weird bias that I certainly get is, well, I can't captain that player. They're cheap, you know? So I think he should be considered for the captaincy more often than he is. And I, I nearly, I nearly went with him this week, I must say. Um, it didn't matter in the end with Salah because they got, pretty much the same points, but he was definitely second on my uh, on my radar. Although a lot of people got burned with that red card, didn't they? And... They did, they did. I mean, I'm sure he, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Brentford at home next. I mean, that's captainable, I think, with Salah at City and, and things. But, yeah, we could talk about that. But, yeah, Antonio, if you've got the money... I think he's uh you'd be you'll be he's the the one you'll be hiding behind the sofa watching this week if you don't have him. Very good. So that's Antonio Salah, Mane, Ronaldo, and Vardy is the top five XG players so far this season. Moving on to the XA, we've got a completely fresh, different set of faces. So fifth for XA overall this year is another West Ham player. It's Ben Rama. I feel like people have cooled on Ben Rama, and I'm not sure why, really. There was nothing that really suggested to me that he was playing any worse or not likely to play as much. So why do you think people have cooled on him, Josh? I, I have to say, I think I've, I've got to be guilty of being one of those people. And I can't really justify it because he's continued to return, you know, with the the three goals, two assists, very, very decent XA and XG, considering you know his price in a team that's on form. So, you know, a, a good team as well, because a lot of the other mm. people, other players that they were looking at his price point play for teams that you would say maybe aren't quite as good and therefore will have less chances overall, but less XG as a team, concede more goals, not not get get as good results. So, I've got to say, yeah, I I had him had blinkers on away from it, looking away from it, other players, but he deserves a lot of attention. And I think maybe should be still seen as the, the go-to at, at that kind of you know, that price. Yeah. Seven. That mid price, mid conundrum again, it's still with us, isn't it? Yeah. I do agree. agree with everything you said. Don't know why I called on him. Opted for Traore for some reason over him on my wild card, complete disaster. And Torres as well, to a degree. And yeah, forgive me, Ben Rama. Please forgive me. Um, the stats have I want changed. You back. In your defence, the, the stats have changed quite, you know, drastically. That's why we're looking at them every week. You know, Traore yeah. was was right up there a couple of game weeks ago, but now it's, yeah. it's evolved. The ri- that's the risk when you wild card early, isn't it? When you 
the sample size is so small, like three or four game weeks, that the, they're going to swing massively. I think as the season rolls on, this set of 10 players will get less and less variance, won't it, as the good players stay good over a larger number of games. So it'll be interesting to see. I might What I might do is tally up how many times a player features in the top fives. Yeah, that'd be good. And then maybe at the end of the season, we have a, a table that shows every week who the players were most weeks. Um, could be like fun it. stats, some more fun stats for us. So that's Ben Rama. Yep, it's a buy, I think, if you, if you can get him. I think we, we agree on that. In fourth place, dipping down the table a bit, oh, similar to Mane, I thought, had a, a relatively quiet game in terms of attacking threat against Brentford is Trent. How are you feeling about Trent? Still, still a lock for your team? I still think he is the best fullback that has potential attacking returns and yeah. maybe people would, would point to Alonso but you know we're looking at the stats here for, for Trent um, yeah. and that, that proves you know where he's that and he's he missed a game as well so that's he's got less minutes than a lot of the other players up there and he's still got those stats I, I would be a slightly concerned about his clean sheet ability because Liverpool have been conceding a lot of chances and I think maybe they have been lucky Brentford. to get clean sheets all similar back post goals. They clearly ganged, ganged up on Trent, didn't they? Flooded that back stick. And I don't know why Liverpool didn't deal with it, really. Yeah, they just... Um, they're like defensive shambles, really. But I think, mm. despite looking at that game, not in isolation, but looking at all the other fixtures as well, Liverpool's ex-GA isn't, you know, isn't in the best three, for example. I think they're closer to, to mid, mid-table when I looked at them. So... You know, they're they are conceding opportunities. Yeah, so Allison's a... been doing quite well, hasn't he? Making some saves sort of in the last 20 minutes of games, I've noticed. He seems to save the day a little bit. Exactly. So yeah, you've got to be a little bit a little bit concerned about that, especially when there are city assets that have very good clean sheet potential and Chelsea assets mm. with their with their um fixtures coming. So at 7.5, you know, you might be able to save. 1.5 and downgrade to someone else, but I would still pick him for the long term if I was wildcarding. So. I agree. I think I'm not too worried. Like that Brentford game, yes, they can they they look shaky at the back, but he I just treat Trent as a mid-price midfielder that gets extra points for goals and clean sheet points. And when you when you look at him under that lens, I mean he's the only defender anywhere close to these XA and XG stats, and that says it all for me. I think he's still the main man. He plays like a midfielder, doesn't he? And he's got exactly. one of the best crosses in the in the game, in the league, as a defender. So, yes, for me, it's a complete, complete no-brainer to keep him. Third spot, a new entry, is the fan favourite, one of everyone's favourite players. I love the guy. Alan Saint-Maximam. Maximim. Saint-Max. ASM. Runs the show for Newcastle, to put it. Um, to put it bluntly, it reminds me of when Villa was so terrible, but we still had Grealish, who just everything went through him. And he just looks electric when he plays. And now he seems to be giving that end product and providing that end product for them. How do you feel about ASM? I, I like him. I think we've covered him before. He's always, you know, kind of drawn the eye from the eye test perspective. And now yeah. we're getting those kind of stats to back it up and points, as you said. However, the negatives are he plays for Newcastle. So despite him being able to solo run round half the team, 
his opportunities sometimes, you know, when he picks up the ball, the XG for the mm. opportunity is going to be so low that maybe too much work for him to do. He's a striker. So he yeah. takes up one of those spots, which I is wish very he was a midfielder. Yeah. He's the fourth high scoring striker in point, FPL points so far, though. He's doing well despite being in that position. Yeah. If he was a midfielder, I think he'd be in everyone's teams. I think he'd be above Ben Ramas and the Jotters and everybody's for his price. But yeah, it's that striker slot. Tough one. Tough one. And Newcastle are shit, aren't they? <laughs> like they are poor, man. They are not good. And he is the the shining beacon there. And I the other thing I don't know is I don't know what the deal is with Wilson. Well, injured, is he now still? I assume so. Did but he, I don't think he played, did he? No, he did not. And I think I haven't heard anything about him for a while. So I assume it's a longer term injury. But Classic when Wilson, he comes no. back, you feel that kind of whole talisman thing. Usually, Wilson's the go-to guy for, for Newcastle. Yeah, it? that is true. I guess and that's that a double-edged shift. sword, isn't it? Because that could is he someone who can get on the end of ASM's productivity? But you're right. When Newcastle score, when Wilson's playing, it's nearly always Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, they play so, in a slightly yeah. different way. You'd, Sam Maximan would potentially play in a different way. So, yeah, worth considering. There's yeah, there's things to be wary of with him, but. <laughs> Great underlying stats yeah. and a fun guy to have just to have. Great fun to watch. Yeah, he is. I mean, I would say I'm not scared of him. I'm just disappointed in myself that I went for Dennis over him. That's where I'm sitting now. Um, I'd definitely keep him if I had him, put it that way. Second, Josh, in the XA table, your man Bruno, despite a disaster class from him this week. Bruno's second in the charts at 2.59. We mentioned last week, I think, that he hasn't had the complete disaster people thought he would with Ronaldo coming in. He's still the main creative force in the team. A big one for you, this, Josh. You've got him. Are you going to keep him on your wild card? No, but I still think he is a good asset. But I think hmm. the fact that my answer was no, I'm not keeping him, kind of tells you everything you need to know. Just yeah. despite, despite having these stats, you know, this, this second in the XG stats involved in a lot, on penalties, supposedly, free kicks, we'll, we'll see. You know, he's involved in so much for United, who are going to be a very attacking team. They will score a lot of goals this year. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in the points. Um, one thing I did look at as well for, for the Villa game in particular, he he did have six shots and 10 key passes, which yeah, it's huge. is incredible because the highest number of key passes from any other player after that is three. Well, which was Mason Greenwood, and I think Cash also had three. So, you know, he's Matty. more than treble having the influence of creating key chances, yeah. which led on to good shots. His XG was 0.94, to be expected because of the penalty. His XA was 0.41. He's at the centre of everything they do. But I just think it comes down to that. If you're going to have... He's a premium, and you can only have so many... And there are better options, um, potentially. Yeah, for the money again, it's a bit like Mane. The money, the money is a thing. I mean, but he is. I mean, Ronaldo is just for me. Ronaldo just came in to replace Cavani, really, not Fernandez. Like Ronaldo will just be the man who stands there. He's going to need somebody to feed him the Portuguese Portuguese connection. Yeah, I don't. Um, I think Fernandez will do fine. I think he will do fine for for the people that hold on to him. And he's still a bit of a fear for me. Um, less so just because fewer people own him. 
but it's never a surprise if he. I wonder if we'd be set if he'd scored that penalty. Do you think maybe you'd be more tempted to keep him? I don't know. It's a massive point swing just for that alone, and mm. it makes a big difference, doesn't it, in terms of momentum? Seven points, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's still, you know, for the season, he's he's doing pretty well. So you've, you've got to say, there's not. He's got four. He's still got the four goals because he scored, you know, so many of them. Yeah, beginning. I mean, he um, isn't. He is. He, the trouble is, I suppose, he's behind the likes of Benrahma, Saar, Decore, Gray, even Mane in terms of FPL points. He's not like like was last year. He was by far and away the best, wasn't he? Like I mean, Salah's destroying him this year, whereas last year Bruno was the better asset. Yeah, and that, that's that's it. I think his ceiling has been reduced because of yeah Ronaldo being in and and maybe the likes of Sancho or Greenwood get having more confidence. I think it was evident how much Greenwood. I know he likes a shot. We all know that before, but it was evident how many scenarios which Greenwood decided to take the shot despite there being mm. quite good options to his left or right I think I can I can remember like yeah at least three where he could should probably should have squared it um, yeah and he took the shot on maybe a quite a low low percentage chance um and you know that's all going that's going to impact United's goals if people continue to just go it go it alone um so yeah Fernandez still a great option, but I don't want to call him a differential. But you know, he's he's one outside the main premiums, isn't he at the moment? Yeah, I think he's getting there. If you have a midfield of Mane and Fernandez, I think you're in differential zone. Crazy. Yeah, and, and potential points, but but there we are. Yeah, that's Bruno number one, Josh of the XA so far this season. I had to do a double take when I saw this, um, but it's testament to how well he's doing, and that's Ivan Tony. Um, 2.87 XA shows that he's not just a goal scorer. Those flicks that he gets when he holds the ball up are, are of high quality, aren't they? Yeah. I, I have to double check this. Maybe I'll check this after the pod or someone will correct me. But apparently he's only 5'10". Well, he's 5'10"? Five five yeah. No, he's got to be over six foot. Apparently it's the hair, which Whoa. makes him look so tall. He's only 5'10". That's amazing. Ten. But his... he looks big on the pitch, doesn't he? He looks like a, like he was dominating Van Dijk and Matip in spells. Exactly. I think his his ability, his athleticism, I, I think he will be on the books for a lot of top teams, maybe at the end of the season. Yeah. If, if not before, because I think 25 English, Prime. he's proven to be a handful. Uh, I really think that he will go on to get points this year um a good amount of points and Brentford if they continue to play with courage like they did against granted it's at home but they still decided to, to chase that really game did towards the end so yeah great team to watch and he's he's at the forefront of everything you'd say he is the talisman their main the main man so mm-hmm. um yeah great great pick at what is he's dropped in price didn't he because of his initials I think he's he blanked the first two three. did he yeah I mean that's a it's very cheap for what he offers um, I think that yeah, they've got West Ham this week. Wouldn't surprise me if he does something. Then it gets a bit trickier for them, doesn't it? I think they get Chelsea and can I see them? Yeah, Chelsea, Leicester. So maybe, maybe you, you could survive holding off for a couple of games before getting him. But yeah, again, very interested to see whether he's in your wild card shortly. But there we are. So that rounds off the XG and XA individuals. Josh, you've written a little bit of bonus info for us here yeah. do you want to uh, fill us Add in? That in 
Yeah, just from from anyone who's looking at the next few game weeks, there's a lot of spotlight on Chelsea, but the top the two teams which are topping the XG in terms of you know their games just as teams, not individual players, are Man City and Liverpool. And Man City is fourteen point six nine XG. Liverpool's fifteen point nine four. And mm. the next team is in the elevens. So they're by far and away the teams that have the biggest goal threat. So it's worth considering that when you're looking at attacking assets and who you may want to double up on and such. I know there's the city rotation, but yeah. it's, it's worth considering that they are that dominant in attacking terms. Yeah, I mean, it just shows you how how good those two teams are. Liverpool especially. I mean, knowing Salah will play every game. You know, if there was the Salah of Man City, we'd be loving it. Those would be our two players. But the City rotation is just despicable, Josh, as we I found out this week with Torres. Torres is no appearance. So, yeah, I mean, Liverpool and City way out in front, way out in front. Yeah, Man United, the third with, 11, with you know, four fewer goals. No, almost five fewer goals XG than Liverpool. So, yeah, big, big difference. And, and the only other point I want to highlight was if you're looking at doubling up or maybe tripling up on City it isn't just their attacking returns defensively they have the lowest XGA by a stretch so their XGA Mm. is 2.69 and then second best is Brentford with 5.63 so one thing one point to highlight is Brentford is great defensively the other point to highlight is City by far in stats have the best defence yeah, I mean, that is, I'm very surprised at Brentford. But yeah, I mean, maybe I won't captain Salah now against City. <laughs> Looking at that. I mean, that is ridiculous. It's less than three goals conceded in, in six games. Expected to. I mean, it's incredible. And they've only conceded one, haven't they, City, so far? Yeah. That, that was five, in the first game against Spurs, wasn't it? They lost. Five clean sheets on the bounce, I think. It yeah, is, I mean, it? So, that is, I mean, Cancelo, Diaz. Are we thinking? Are we thinking about those guys? Yeah, should be. I haven't got my final wild card, but they're yeah, they're they're in the mix. They're on the radar, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. Again, though, they're even the defenders, probably Bar Diaz and Edison aren't immune, are they? From the exactly. the wheel of Pep. So yeah, f- f- treat with caution. But um, but a Cancelo is, you know, he's probably after Trent the next most dangerous defender for FPL points, I would say, when he plays. Yeah, there we go. Okay, well, that's the XG, your weekly look at XG and XA for game week seven. Good. Shall we take a little break? Yep, take a little break and come back to the talking points. Happy days. All right. All right. See you in a second. All righty. And we're back, uh, Jack. So next we've got talking points, some specific points that we've highlighted after this game week and things to look at in the future. Let's kick us off. The first point we want to get started on is Brentford. We've covered a little bit, yeah. but what are you thinking? Just a team, Brentford. That's the talking point. Just Brentford. Looked really good against Liverpool. That money ball ethos is paying dividends for them again. Just the way they set up the way they play the players that they play and I'm really I want in I feel like I want in Josh Ivan Tony's the obvious one we talked about him already fantastic loads of attributes brings other players into play massive handful 
Um, but are there other players we should be looking at, Josh? And if so, which ones? Who in Brentford are the, the golden geese that we should be looking at? Well, I mean, if we look purely at points scored, I think a lot of people looked at Raya and goal. But their fixtures are turning now. So for me, you know, I wouldn't look look at him. Mm. But defensively, the Pinnock was the big one. And he came up with a goal against Liverpool, but then he came off injured. So, yeah, his points have been really impressive. 11-6, really 2-2, And he takes I mean, the long throw for them, which is devastating with their height. So, it does. you know, he whether he gets the assist directly off of the throw or, or not, but they are definitely a team which has threats at set pieces and he's always put up there um, with his height as well. So, He's injured, so yeah, I don't want to point to him, but he looks like he's the biggest threat. I, I liked Henry earlier on in the season. Yeah, people were raving about Henry, weren't they? But um, he just doesn't look like he's really that it's a bit lightweight. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't that convinced, even in that good Liverpool game they had. Janssen's obviously another one people talk about. No goals, but a couple of assists from like flick ons and things. Again, super cheap. I guess the benefit of all these guys is they're 4.5. They're very, very good, cheap assets, aren't they? To Accessible. Have. I like them. Um, but as you say, the the fixtures just, they're not looking amazing until Burnley in a few weeks' time. So maybe, I mean, maybe that's the end of the Brentford point is let's give them another two weeks and see how they get on. But yeah, I don't know. I am Mwemo as a midfielder is very interesting, I think. Yeah, and I think when uh, when Tony was blanking earlier on the season, I was actually looking at Embuemo with an eye towards mm. the wild card, you know, this week, thinking he could be a great kind of enabler at 5.5. But yeah. I think he's just lacking that extra quality that Tony's got, and you're better yeah. off just getting... If he was five, if he was five, he's one of those where the 0.5 and the 5.5 makes him just a bit... It just makes him start to compete a bit with the Smith Rose and the Gallaghers, doesn't it? Like, yeah. it, uh, if he was five mil, then let's talk about him. But you're right, I think he's not quite what we're looking for. No, and Norgard, unfortunately, we, we discussed his stats earlier on in the season, but... He's that holding midfielder. He gets things ticking. I think he plays a little bit That's too right. deep to to give to be getting the assists or having the shots on the edge. So I wouldn't look at him. I think he just had a bit of a flurry early season. I think you're right. He was high in the XG, wasn't he, early on? But you are right. It wasn't uh, it wasn't to be for him. I think that was a false alarm. Very small sample size for for Norgi. Yeah, um, takes set pieces for them, or a lot of them, a majority. But at 5.5, I think it's a similar point to make from Buemo. Like, he cannot have that goal right at yeah. the beginning, but it doesn't look like he's going to be a consistent threat. So, yeah, I mean, f- for me, it looks like no one's looking at doubling up, you know, whilst these fixtures are coming. But if when their fixtures ease a little bit, Tony and maybe a defender maybe Pinnock yeah yeah I do agree I mean speaking about them generally I think you just can't there really is a thing isn't there about first season the first season bounce but especially when it's that team's first year in the Prem like and if they if they string a couple wins together the whole team just seems to play above its means the crowds behind them 
they all love each other they think they're amazing that the confidence just exudes from them doesn't it i think that could easily happen with brentford but like they catch on fire and if fantasy wise you can pick the right assets in that fire then then you could do very well just like sheffield united did a couple of years ago and we've seen it with you know sort of with blackpool one year ipswich like to go further back and leeds last year even you know that was some are saying now that's looking to be more of a first season syndrome factor than than them being the real deal. So, yeah, I think they're a really, really want to keep a very, very close eye on how they do over the next two. Yeah, sealed up. They can keep their performance. I mean, we already mentioned that they've got the second best you know, XGA. Yeah, the incredible. defense is amazing, but they're also the sixth best XG. Mm. Yeah, so, they're getting it right all over the pitch. They're getting it right. Yeah, can they keep it up there? I mean, that's that's you said. Take another look yeah. after these fixtures, these tough fixtures. Yeah, good, good way to finish on Brent. Uh, next point, Joshua Wolves. It's just another team name as a point that we're going to talk about. Wolverhampton Wanderers. A good victory against Southampton. Jimenez. I think everyone, unless you're a Saints fan, was happy to see him score a goal, and a great goal it was too. Wolves have seemingly turned a corner after three losses in the first three games. Are you tempted by the Wolverines? I'm for me, it's still a kind of wait and see for them yeah. to transfer those good stats and potential into actual, you know, full on returns. I know they got the result one nil. Looking at the stats for the game, Southampton and Wolves had identical XG for the game, 0.91. Both of them, both teams had 0.91. And I think Jimenez took his finish incredibly well. The positive that a lot of the pundits and commentary were talking about is his aggression. So it looks like he's got his sharpness back, his belief. Yeah, I mean, he had no right to score that goal. He absolutely owned that centre-back. I can't remember who it was, but he absolutely dominated him. That's what we haven't seen so far. When He's looked tentative when he's come back and. It wasn't just that that was warming the fact that he took the goal well and scored the goal, obviously, like the, the approach to the goal and then actually finish the finish itself. But yeah, the way he was putting himself about linking play, he had a lovely touch. I don't know if you saw it, like a long ball into him, a runner going past him, and he just kind of pirouetted and flicked it off his heel mm. just round the corner. And it's just... Yeah, he's class. Yeah, I mean, he tried that Rabona last week and fell over. Yeah, it looks like a new, it looks like a completely different player this week. So, if he can conf- mm. like keep that confidence, yeah, I would he's say it's probably the only one I'd go for. It's Southampton, though. You know, they're no great shakes, Saints. They are, they, yeah, I don't think they're that good, really. Um, Drew with City. Yeah, they did. And yeah, to be fair, they've had many clean sheets. I just, I wish I'm surprised at watching that game. That was, I think that was the first full 90 I've seen of them this year. And I just think they weren't, I mean, they're going to be bottom half this year, no doubt about it. And Wolves, I mean, Wolves, for one, Traore, disaster of a pick for me on the wild card. Benched, obviously, this week, brought on, could have scored, to be fair. But what a disaster he's been as a pick. Avoid him like the plague. If you're thinking of, if you're tempted to get him, do not get him. Let me say that to you now. He's a complete temptress of a player. 
he's a harpy that will sing you onto the rocks. Or is that a siren? He's a siren. Um, and your ship will go crashing onto those rocks if you follow that song. He's a nightmare. Defensively, I think they're good, though. I think they're good to get. Cody, I benched him. I'm sorry, Cody. I wish I hadn't. Um, they did look solid. They did look solid. I mean, the keeper had a complete storm, didn't he? Sar, assist, bonus, and, and a clean. Saves. And some saves. Yeah, he's, he looks very good. Great. I think he looks better than Patricio looked so far. Never really rated Patricio. I was about to say, what, what I found interesting is we were raving about Brentford and looking at the comparable stats for Wolverhampton as a, as a team, they've got 0.6 less XG than Brentford. So, so there, we yeah, would probably Brentford be in this. That's surprised. Actually, no, you're right. They were, they like that Spurs game, they lost 1 0. They should have won that 5 1. But it was against Spurs, who are pretty bad, aren't they, at the moment? Um, yeah, I mean, maybe it's just, maybe they're a ticking time bomb and they'll explode with goals. I don't know. Yeah, so, so Brentford were sixth best in the league. Wolves are eighth best in terms of XG. Mm. And then in terms of XGA, with their def- looking at the defence, yeah. as you mentioned, are promising. They have one, they're one less. So um, Wolves are at 6.76. Brentford are at 5.63, yeah. so roughly one. Yeah, so, it's a goal you know, they game. They've got relatively comparable stats, and we were raving yeah, about We're loving Brentford. Brentford and not Wolves. That's true. Interesting, Josh. Interesting so, bias highlight, maybe, there. But the difference between those two teams is, well, there's probably two that like, we could highlight. Wolves are a proven Premier League team, a bit more comfortable in the league, and their fixtures look amazing. True, but also a third one, though, I'd say is, Brentford are a bargain bucket. Wolves players come at a price, don't they? I mean, Jimenez is more expensive, much more expensive than Tony, for example. But yeah, you're not wrong. The fixtures don't look bad at all for Wolves. I mean, this is the annoying thing for me personally. Traore owners everywhere. We see that benching and the one-pointer. So we think sell, sell, sell. But they've got Newcastle this weekend. Do you hold on to him again for that? I've just ranted about him being a siren harpy onto the rocks but oh, I don't know would you hold him for this weekend or not I think it, it depends in what situation you're in if you've got one transfer I do and you have other fires to put out debatable then, then of course you'd keep him for a great fixture you don't know if he's going to start so that brings is he a fire yeah I think he's a bit of a fire I mean, complete disaster point returns, and now he's a doubt. I mean, is there any more of a fire than that, unless it's a, an injury? But then, what you would say is, maybe you could keep him on your on your bench as a poten- the potential to come on. He at six million, he's not the worst to to keep as a you know someone who has a great yeah, fixture no. and great fixtures coming up. You could you may have the ability to hold for a couple of weeks if and if he fights his way back into the starting lineup, or that was only a one off then Maybe. you've got no regrets. But if it just depends on whether you've got any other moves you want to make, I guess. Yeah, we'll come on to my team. But yeah, I think I think a lot of people will have been angered by his benching and coupled with his poor returns and will be getting rid. And I sympathise. I sympathise with him. Um, the other mids and general attacking players I wouldn't touch with a barge pole either. I thought Podence looked off it. And the new guy they played in place of Traore... I can't remember his name now. He actually, he looked all right. 
but the usual faces, Matinho's and Neves's and other midfielders, I, I wouldn't touch. Samedo looked quite good. I'll say that for, for the defence. So yeah, defence I'd go near. Jimenez I'd go near. The rest of them I'd avoid. Yeah, agree. It's Wolves. That's Wolves. All right, that's enough about Brentford and Wolves. Hmm. Let's move on to more a couple more general points. You sort of touched on it, Josh. Do our benches need to be stronger? So I put this one in here. And what I mean by this is the conventional way to play FPL is load your money up in your 11 and have that bare bones bench of 4.5s, 5.0s that you think will trickle on for a couple of two-pointers each week if you need them, which is hardly ever. Now, I put this in because I think twice now already I've needed two of my bench players uh, for various reasons. So more injuries, there seems to be more illness now, and there seems to be more rotation now amongst some of the popular teams. So obviously you've got City, but you've got that Liverpool Jota factor, Traore getting benched, the knobhead. And it just feels like squads are being used a bit more across the board now. Um, I wish I'd got some stats on that, actually, but I don't. What do you think? Are you, again, perfect question for you, Josh, about the wild card. Are you thinking maybe I'll sprinkle a bit more money into my bench now or are you sticking with the convention? I'm sticking with the the standard approach. So okay, cool. Cheap, end of, end of segment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go on. As cheap a starter as possible. And I think, I know... I can see, I think, why you've raised this as a point, you know, with the flags of Banford, DCL, mm. Rafi, you know, Trent missed a game because of sickness out of the blue the other day. And there, there are lots of other players that we could mention that have been dropped. Mount as well with his injury. There's a lot of very highly owned assets who have you know, been injured or, or and, and Antonio as well when he got his red card, things like that. But what I would say is looking at it from a very like high level, not getting into all the details, we're struggling to have enough money to have all the assets that we want, the really great assets, the premium assets, and you know, the the more medium assets which are doing so well. I don't think you can afford to spread the money into the bench yeah. when there are, you know, the you brown. Say that. I've got four million in my bank at the moment for some reason. But then you've, you said yourself you've got Traore at six yeah. mil. Who you and I'm doing upgrade. shit. So maybe that's a sign. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I guess what, yeah, it it comes back to that. You know, one of the one of the standard approaches that we always have, isn't it? Fill your bench with, with starters as a backup. Because mm-hmm. I think to call upon my own team, look at my own team. I did burn four this week because I was scared. But at Brownhill, actually, despite being yellow flag, played. played. And if I kept Raf, Rafinha... I would have been fine and probably net had more points overall. But I think with all the game weeks included, I've only had to call upon bench players three times mm. across all and two of those within the same game week. So a bit different to mine. Yeah. Sounds like you just pick better players, really. The points would suggest that. Or you I do. got lucky as you get, get well, a bit of luck as well. Bit of both, isn't it? Bit of both. Okay, yeah. Fair enough. I do agree broadly. I think, yeah, stick to the stick to what has proven true for the last decade of FBL rather than think, oh, things have changed because uh, they probably haven't. And I think you're right. I've had that problem because I have the likes of Jota, Torres and Traore 
in my team who were already known rotation risks before I even wildcarded to get them in. So I knew it was a risk, these guys coming in. And unless you you have some grand strategy where you're playing so far, you're playing 40 chess and you're you're swapping, no. planning to bench doesn't players work, and start players it? according to their It doesn't pitches. work, Joshy boy. It just doesn't. I That's think too it, far for me. Well, let's go agree. I think it's too far for most people. People think they can do it, but I don't think they can in reality do it. And that leads us nicely onto our next talking point, I think, which is things are changing constantly, Josh. Should we chill a little bit and try not to draw, jump to sweeping conclusions? And my examples I've got for this are Spurs and Arsenal, 16 days ago, Nuno won manager of the month for the first month of the year. Now he's favourite to go after two two or three games. Spurs look woeful. They won the first three games one nil. Now they look woeful. On the flip side, I'm seeing YouTube videos and articles, is Arteta the next Arsene Wenger? Two weeks ago, people were questioning if he even knew how to manage a team. They're two extreme examples, but you've got, Ronaldo now, he's suddenly not a hot topic he blanked against Villa. The three-mium, four-mium debate seems to have died a little bit. You know, things have changed and in not a long amount of time. What do we... Is the answer to that to, to, to make big moves and shift around or is the answer to just hang on, let's just woo, rewind, shake a chill pill, let's relax... Maybe not trigger our wild card so early and see how stick to basically have faith in the team in your 11 that you've picked so far instead of the constant chopping and changing, which I've been doing. What do you make of that big spiel? I've just blurted out. Uh, I can see where it comes from because you're right. <laughs> We're seeing so discussion points just flip on their head almost. Like not, not just like, oh, Maybe like what we said last week isn't completely right, but it it's the like one eighty. But mm. I've got to say it like it's it's that's part. It's all part of the game, isn't it? Like you, form can change quite quickly. We're still early in the season, so you know teams are finding their feet. They're finding their philosophies. We're starting to know a little bit more about how that how they could be over the longer term. But the, the you know Arsenal have won three on the bounce, haven't they? So. You know, it's it's not the case that they've just won one or two. That it's starting to look like form now, and yeah, that's why people start looking at their assets. But Spurs as well, I think, despite their results early on, we discussed it at the time. Their underlying stats were not great, and you were saying, you know, people could get fooled by this. Couple that with the fact that they they had a load of injuries as well through their defence and after mm. the international break, especially. And then it just disjoints the team, really. So I think, you know, there are reasons, I think, behind a lot of things that you can look into and point to and dissect, uh, like analyse from this. Like Spurs didn't look great despite getting the results. from. So we're not surprised. No, now they didn't. That they they didn't. For a little bit. It's true. Um, Arsenal, yeah, maybe, you know, when they first won against Norwich, we were saying, well, it's just Norwich. But now they're, they've turned it around and... They seem they seem to be playing in a system which they believe in, and Arteta's. Yeah, I mean they just have growing. changed, haven't they? First yeah. couple of games they looked terrible. They genuinely were bad. They weren't unlucky. They were garbage. 
Um, and so all of a sudden, they they have flipped the switch. So to be fair, that one has flipped. And then the Ronaldo you talked about, it's one game. Like it's, do we yeah. really have any doubt that he's not going to score more than fifteen goals this year? He's still a great option. Yeah, he's still fantastic. Yeah. I agree. Um, okay. Yeah, maybe that's a delusion. But what I would say as a kind of my advice would be that. Don't panic if your team looks like a shambles after one bad week. Like, I think a lot of people have had a bad week this week. But there is a reason after six weeks that your team looks like it does with these players in, you know? There's a reason you went for them. So don't take crazy hits to just bring in the players that scored last week because that'll probably what all... That's probably what's going to burn you, isn't it? You know, it's so tempting if your players bomb to have a look at, oh, who got the points this week? Oh, Saar. Saar's another good one. I'll bring him in for Torres or Traore. And then, then lo and behold, Traore scores against Newcastle. Saying that, that's probably the move I am going to make, so that's a bad example. <laughs> but, you know, I think don't, don't panic. I think last week, loads of people looked at their game week one teams and figured out that that 11 would have scored more for them that week than if they... Than all the changes they've made so it says it all really we're still very early on in the league so i think i think chill a little bit if you're if you're worrying i mean i've i've reaped the rewards of being quite passive and and being yeah. patient with the apart from this game week up until now players that i've held on to have you know tony, tony great at the beginning amazing example of being patient with a player yeah rafinha yeah but loads of people wish they kept him but loads of people have Sometimes you got to let go. Luke Shaw <laughs> should, have, should have chapped him. Yeah, let's, let's, be, uh, let's be honest about that. Yeah. Got, well, again, unlucky with Shaw, man. 33 minutes, yellow card injury. I mean, you can't account for that. Mm. But I think it, those kind of players are the ones that you're already looking at getting out before these things happen. And in, hey, in that bracket for me is Sufal as well because they're just not worth their, their brackets. I think with, with the... Their, is it their price point I think um, so you know yeah it's unlucky that that happens but sometimes it forces you just to do what you were thinking about anyway yeah good okay that's that point done I think Perfect. the final point before we go on to our predictions for the matches this week game week 7 and 8 wild card options Josh you're on your wild card do you want to for this section, do you want to just hit me with the players you've been thinking of? Have you got a current draft? It we're talking quite high level at this point, so I haven't built, right. I haven't built the um, the smaller blocks, but I'm looking at the bigger blocks to form the foundation the, the skeleton. Okay, let's talk about bigger block skeleton players then. Who have you got? Who you, who do you think you're settled with, and who who you're debating about? So recent on recent form. Ramsdale in goal is looking pretty yeah. good with their with their fixtures coming up. So I up until this week I was just looking at sticking with Sanchez despite the um, or maybe a SAR, an upgrade to SAR. Um but now I've I've shifted, you know, that this extra game week has has really kind of solidified that decision for me. So that's that's been mm. useful to wait this long. And then defensively, proper decisions to be made. But I'm deciding between a, a Chelsea double up or a City double up. Tough one, man. Very tough one. Chelsea with the fixtures, City with the stats. Exactly. If you went for two of each, if you went for a Chelsea two, who would you pick? 
I at this moment in time I'd pick uh Rudiger and yeah. Alonso. Yeah, good shout. I think they're the they're definitely the two to go for. And then if it was a city double up, Diaz Cancelo. Exactly. You're yeah. in my head. Yeah, you got that. If you know the moves to make. Not would you not go four from the two teams? Is that too much money? The tinkering I've done so far is just is too much. It it yeah. really destroys the midfield. A couple of six millions in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I think there's got to be at least one enabler. And you want Trent, presumably, as well. I do, do, but uh, from discussing with you now, I think you're right. He has to stay in, and I've just maybe off the back of that Brentford game, I'm doubting, but he has to stay in. Um, He's too good. Yeah, and he's nailed. You don't don't get the risk that you have for Alonso. Alonso, yeah. If Alonso was 100% nailed, he would fight him for that essential spot, I think, because Alonso is a machine. It's just one random day. Chilwell might be in there, mightn't he? I mean, and that could be this week with the with the Champions League back again. So. Yeah, you just don't know. You just yeah. don't know. But yeah, very interesting. So that's defensive big boys you're thinking about. What about the midfield? Salah, a given? Salah, a given. And then the rest really depends on what I can do up front. So I haven't really looked at the rest in there, but the names that would be floating about... Ben Rama, we've mentioned the yeah. stats with the XG and XA. He wasn't really, as, as we mentioned before, don't know why, but he was just kind of, my blinkers were not looking at him. I was blinking yeah, away from him. I think it happened to a lot of people, yeah. But he's yeah. definitely in there for me. And then so cheap. The, the rest would be the talisman shouts. So um, we're looking at Saar, probably if I can afford Rafinha as well. And But yeah, so t- tinkering with them. and And then up front, building around Antonio and Lukaku. And then the third slot depends upon money as well. Yeah, good shout. So, sorry, that was Lukaku and... Antonio. Antonio, yeah, safe. Not Ronaldo. I With the game, it's just fixtures for me at the moment. I think yeah. um, it's literally Lukaku versus Ronaldo for me because I've chosen to spread that money in the defence. Mm, yeah. So the, my Ronaldo money has gone into the defence instead of you know, doubling up with him at the top. Yeah, fair. Fair shouts. Yeah, I don't think we're... The mid-price mids will be your big your big decisions, I think. It'll be, do you go Benrahma, Saar? Do you go, I don't know, do you go Jota? Do you go Gallagher? You know, those those choices will... They're the ones that have screwed me on my wildcard decision-making, I think. So I got it wrong. Because I pick the rotation risks, the Torres, Traores, whereas the people that pick the talisman, like the Saar, Gallagher, Zahars, it's paid dividends for them. So I wish I'd gone more talisman in the end. It could change again, though, couldn't it? And actually, yeah. throw it in the mix. I'm not sure if it could even work out, but one other person who's on my radar is Jack Grealish. Ooh. ooh ho, ho, ho. Played every City game so far, isn't he, I think? Almost, I think he he's got five hundred twenty-five minutes, so he's right. not played quite every minute. He must have been. He's come off. I think he started minutes. every game, certainly. Yeah, for them. yeah. Eight million Wayne Stamp midfield. You've you've been a very vocal anti-City asset owner, owner though, Josh, because of that rotation. But interesting to you say that. Yeah, I've I've heard some. I've been reading in some analysis recently. Was saying that have you now with De Bruyne on back in the team and playing in that right-hand pocket, he often 
picks out a lot of balls switching to the left attacking. Makes sense, yeah. And that's where Grealish is. So mm-hmm. I think having De Bruyne back in the team generally makes City much better anyway, and that would be good for Jack. But yeah, there is a starts... link. There's a link, I think, between that that position. Because Gundogan, Gundogan's been injured, isn't he? And if he comes back, is that that's another name to be thrown into the mix? And Foden back as well now. Yeah, be interesting. Um, your Sterling's and Mahrez are still benched, aren't they? So I know it's mad how many players they've got. But... but can only go on what's happened so far, and Grealish has started every game, so yeah, so we have to go with that. There we go. I mean, that's yeah. Wild. I think you've yeah very sensible musings. I don't think you've missed any any crazy shouts there. I don't think there's anything too controversial either in there, really. Get get the big talisman in. Antonio Lukaku, Salah, and Trent are the are the big four. I think that you have to have. Yeah, with three, three defenders from City and Chelsea, hopefully in the mix. So you play four four two. Yeah, that would be if if they're all if they're all in there, you've got to play them. Haven't you? Yeah, I suppose so. You do. Regulon. Why did I have Regulon? Why did I pick him? Absolutely shocking decision. Slightly cheaper, though, isn't it? Yeah, they had those first three clean sheets, didn't they? I think that's why I was tempted. But um, don't pick him, Josh. Be my tip for your wild card. I'll draw that down. Good. Okay, let's move on. This pod's getting long, isn't it? Let's move on now. We've done the talking points. Let's we can make this a quickie, Josh. Game week seven predictions. Should we just we'll shoot through them quickly and a nod to the FBL assets in each game. So yes, um, no doubt about it. I'll let's start with the first one. United Everton. Man United Everton. Will they bounce back, Jack? I think that they will bounce back. I think it's a narrow United win here. I think they're going to be scolded by the the mighty Villa defeating them at home. Interesting, they've got another Old Trafford game. Yeah, I think Ronaldo will score. I think Everton are looking a bit better. But I think if Calvert-Lewin's still out, I don't think Everton will score. And I think United will edge this one. That's my prediction. What do you do with your assets then? So are you benching... Everton assets or are you throwing them in the mix? No, yeah, good good question. No, don't bench any assets from this because Everton could still do something. United still aren't great defensively. Ronaldo may be a captain option, I would say, for this one. But don't bench any assets in this game. That's my thoughts. What do you think? Completely agree. We can literally add nothing more. So Brilliant. in tune, we're in tune. Mirrored, mirrored, good. Second one, Josh, Burnley versus Norwich. Bottom of the table clash. What do you think? Uh, it's insert team here versus Norwich is the insert team here win. So mm. uh, it would say a Burnley win. Yeah. Despite Burnley not being amazing themselves at the moment, Norwich are a bit of a dreadful team, aren't they? So uh, I would go for a Burnley home win. Do you s- okay. Very good. Do you start your Brown Hills? For me, I think there's better assets still. He he doesn't really have that threat, does he? So I, no. I think unless you've got your Woods or, you know, your Burnley defenders who could get the clean sheet out of this because Norwich yeah. have been a great going forward. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't start anyone like your your um your Brown Hills. Yeah, fully agree. Burnley home win. I think Norwich might get 
if this was a reverse fixture, if this was a Norwich at home, I think I'd go for a draw. But I think you're right, Burnley, Burnley home win. Uh, so third, biggie for FPL owners, Chelsea at home to Southampton. What were you yeah, thinking, Jack? I think it'd be a 2-0 win to Chelsea around that mark. Southampton aren't bad defensively, um, even though Wolves beat them. They've shown the Drury City 0-0. Chelsea, I think, need a win here after that after that loss against City. And they haven't been firing... Last couple of games, they haven't been firing on all cylinders. Uh, but I think they'll have too much for Southampton. And I think it's a captainable one for, for your Chelsea attackers in. Lukaku, really, is who everyone has, isn't it? So, yeah, I'm tempted by the Lukaku captaincy. And I'd, I'd bench my Livramentos as well, if you, if you had them. So Livramentos on my bench despite being quite a good player. What do you think? Agree entirely. Captainable for Chelsea. Wouldn't want any Southampton defensive assets. I wouldn't want yeah. any Southampton assets in general here, actually. Um, if you've got no. them, bench them unless you're really struggling elsewhere. But Chelsea have got to be looking to bounce back. And you would say maybe Tuchel might take off the shackles a little bit from you know, wanting to balance the defence with the attack and just try and trample them here. Yeah. Completely agree, man. Very Four, good. Another three o'clock. Yes. Leeds versus Watford. What are you thinking? Hmm. Uh, this is a tricky. I think it's quite a tricky when Leeds are still finding form. They have no defenders. They've got literally mm-hmm. Cooper and then, you know, the just they're rolling out all their other defenders. Yeah. That all from from coming through the the youth team so i think it's going to be another goal fest which is not anything new for watching leeds game and because it's going to be a goal fest it's a toss-up as to what could happen but i think it's yeah look at look at your attacking assets for both teams josh i need a prediction a prediction oh i will go (laughs) i think leeds are going to edge it do you okay well this is the one where we the first one we've disagreed on i think watford are going to edge it I think Watford have got the wind in their sails. I think they drew, didn't they, last week? But I think they're as did Leeds. Is that have I got that right? Did they both draw? Uh, Leeds yeah, lost Newcastle and Leeds lost. That's right, 2-1. So, yeah, I think Watford are going to win this. I do think Leeds are depleted. I think there's a bit of second season syndrome there. Is Bamford back? We're not sure, are we, yet? But do we know if he's back? I don't think we know. We don't have a clue. I think Watford are going to do it against what? Leeds and start, but again, start both your assets from both. I think both teams could score for sure. Rafinha could easily get a goal. Um, but I like Saar for this fixture for sure. Yeah, it's got to be goals. Yeah. Next. Great. That's that's these <laughs> Watford. I was waiting to see if there's anything. Yeah, no. Say, but done. No. Move on. <laughs> uh, Wolves, Newcastle, Wolves at home. Are you what are you thinking about Traore here? Will he? Yeah, that's the big question for me. For For me personally, Traore, will he start? Don't know. If he does start, I'm confident and I'd be happy because I think Wolves will win this. I think that win for them against Saints is a bit of a corner turner for them. Wouldn't again, wouldn't be surprised to see Jimenez on the score sheet again. Newcastle, I don't think Newcastle are as bad as people, they're not as bad as. The club is, you know, the club's in a constant state of turmoil. Everyone hates Steve Bruce. Horrible stories of training grab bust ups. But when it comes to match day, they pull it out the bag. They kind of see, they set the problems aside 
and they give teams games. That all being said, at Wolves, I think we'll have too much for them. Again, don't bench your assets, but I'd go a, a 2 0 Wolves win if, if, if I had to. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think a Wolves win as well, but I think it's going to be maybe a little bit closer than it seems. Despite the Watford draw, Watford mm. drawing with Newcastle, looking at the stats for that game, Watford with a 0.9 XG, Newcastle in that game had a 2.52 XG. Wow. Uh, they battered them. They but did. just couldn't quite, you know, couldn't quite do it. They had a lot Saint of Max. A lot of yeah. shots there. 20 shots for Newcastle, 15 shots for Watford. 20 so, is a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, you know, a very attacking game. But you would say Wolves with their defence, they, yeah, they, they should they should edge it. I think it may be a 1-0 for me. Fair. Fair, cool. Final game of the Saturday, Brighton-Arsenal. Brighton at home, 5.30. They've just drawn with Palace. Probably be a bit disappointed, but a bit of a bounce getting the last-minute winner. Arsenal on the up, what do you reckon? Tough again. I mm. think Brighton have been a good team this year and I think will be for the whole year through, whole season. Arsenal bouncing after their result. I think, I would say Arsenal, I think with their current form and the fact they're on the bounce, the young players loving it, I think they're going to edge them. So Arsenal win for me and a way win. <laughs> You think, yeah, I think we disagree again on this one. I'd get, I, I'd bet a draw here. Mm-hmm. Um, a draw, because I think I agree with everything you've said about both of them. I just think Brighton are very good defensively, very, very good. And Arsenal, they beat a very rubbish Spurs team, like very rubbish. I don't think it was Arsenal particularly being great, and they weren't that great in the second half, actually. I think it was more the Spurs just being all over the shop and dejected and disillusioned and terrible. Brighton are going to be really organised, really up for it. It's a way. And yeah, I think, yeah, maybe a Brighton win even, but I'll go a draw. Nice. Um, cool. So moving into Sunday, we've mm-hmm. got Palace at home to Leicester. Can Jamie do it again, Jack? He, oh, so this is a tough one. This is a toughie. Jamie's capable of doing it again. But Palace are a different beast under Vieira, aren't they? They've got certainly got something about them. I, I'd i go for a Palace win, actually, here. I'm not having been convinced by Leicester, despite despite Vardy's antics. Yeah, I'd go both teams to score and Palace to win with Gallagher. Gallagher looking like a good asset still. Yeah, that's what I reckon. What do you think? I can see a draw here. Yeah, just, fair. Just, I think... Leicester still kind of finding their feet. I think if this game, maybe if a couple of weeks on Leicester, I think they're moving on an upward trajectory. But I think Palace are, are doing very well. So I can see a draw, uh, a draw for Palace. Fair shout. Don't mind that. Don't mind that at all. Spurs versus my beloved Aston Villa, Josh. What do you think? Well, I dare I go against Villa again. Dare you. You better not. Week running. And I, I'm not going to. I think Spurs are in so much turmoil. Mm. I think all the analysis that I saw of the Spurs-Arsenal game, the issue was they didn't seem to have a strategy. So much, so many gaps in midfield, not really knowing what to do. And I think that doesn't get fixed overnight. Problems like that. And I think Villa mm. are very well drilled and 
they will, yeah, I think you'll do them. Villa win. We'll do them. I agree. I think we'll beat them convincingly. I think we'll, yeah, I think we will. I'm looking forward to it. Beating them. If we beat them at their ground, that's a massive statement from us. And yeah, Spurs just looked hopeless against us. It was sad to see in a way. They really should have sold Kane, shouldn't they? I think that's what, that's what it's looking like. He just looks like he doesn't, he looks really kind of sad to be there, I think. He looks like he's kind of trying, but in that Half-hearted way thing. where you you break up with a girl, then get back with a, even if one of you didn't really want to, you know, and you're giving it another go, but you know it's not the same. That's the vibe I get with Kane. Um, high school sweetheart. Yeah. Come the, back to after going they've to gone to uni. College. Yeah, they've gone to uni and it's not the same. So Freshers Week changed them. So I think, uh, <laughs> so yeah, Villa to win that. We're looking really good. And beating United is just going to give us a massive boost, um, especially away from home. So yeah, up the Villa. Up the Villa. West Ham, Brentford. Tricky. Oh, this is a toughie, but I think I'm just going to say, despite Brentford's amazing performance against Liverpool, that was at home. And I just think that West Ham are a team on form um, and we'll just have too much for them. Despite Brentford looking great, I'm excited for them this year. I think they're going to have a great year. But West Ham are going to be too much for them, I think. West Ham win. Interesting. I disagree. I think Brentford win. Oh, interesting. I thought West Ham weren't that. They got the 2-1 win at Leeds, but they looked a bit defensively. Like Leeds could have easily equalised in that game. And Brentford's brilliant defence, I think, might have enough against Antonio. And their amazing performance against Liverpool, they'll be buoyed by that. So, yeah, I, I just about feel like it could be a shock Brentford win on this one. That's my shock they, of the week. Can they play in a stadium full of bubbles, though? Yeah, well, time will tell. Time will tell. We shall see. Yeah, go on, Brentford. It'd be great to see them win it, I think. Yeah. Not unless you own... Well, it could be like a game of golf fest. I was about to say, not if you own Antonio, but then. Yeah, oh, goals for yeah. I don't have Kufal, so screw it. Don't care. <laughs> the big one, Josh, rounding off the game week. Title, potentially a title clash. Liverpool, Man City. Cast your bias aside if you can, Josh. Who is going to win? I think it's going to be a draw. <sighs> and I say that. I w- would Kelly. love to say I would love to say a <laughs> Liverpool win, but I just think um, one City, like we said, they have, we've got amazing attacking stats, amazing defensive stats. Uh, I think both teams will be a bit cagey, much like the kind of Chelsea. City yeah, game Chelsea City. that could have easily been a draw. And mm. I think um, I just think that both teams will will not go for it fully, will not chase the win fully because they want, they want a result. They want some points out of this. So, yeah, despite Liverpool I, being at home. Yeah. I think Liverpool find it hard to contain themselves in those games. They almost like can't help but go forward, you know, and attack and burst like Mane and Salah, just go for it. I think Man City are going to win, man. I'm sorry. I do yeah. think they're going to be... T- their defence is just ridiculously good. And... And Liverpool isn't looking that good, their defence. And they've got the attackers to, to punish them, City. So I think hot off the, you know, hot off the Chelsea win, that's a big win for them. Liverpool shocked by Brentford. I don't think their defence will be feeling that good after that. So I think the Man City will uh will get the win there. And the captaincy on Salah is 
Oh, tricky, man. Very, very tricky. Yeah. So there we are. Well, that's all our predictions done and dusted. Good luck to you if you bet on them, I guess. You're probably not going to. Let us know what your predictions are in the YouTube chat. We'd love to see it. We'd love to see if you disagree or agree. What's next, Josh? What are we talking about now? We could take a little break Yay. and then come back with our uh, our plans and then the Algo team. All righty. See you in a second. Cool. And we're back. So, Jack, now we move on to the final section. We're going to now look at our plans, our specific, our personal plans. Then we're going to go to the Algo teams. Cool. We won't forget the Algo teams, Jack, don't we? So I've already given my my rough plans of yeah your uh, wild cards we're done card. so nothing to cover there but cool. I really want to hear about what you're going to do what fires do you need to put out well I need your advice Josh oh and you listeners your advice because I am in a bit of a pickle now so I'm finding myself in a I don't think I've ever been here before really where I've got I've got four million in the bank uh, I'm finding myself benching my most expensive defender. In Regulon, I've got Dennis starting, so a 5.5 obscure Watford striker starting, and I've got Traore, Torres, and Jota also starting, all three of whom it wouldn't surprise me if they were benched this weekend. I've got one transfer, and I'm at a bit of a loss, Josh, really. Players I've got on my watch list, I would say Saar is top, but I also, that 4 million is is burning a hole in my pocket with the striker slot. So I could get another striker in. I could bring Banford back in if we hear he's fit. But I hate, this week, I hate, hate, hated Traore and Torres being benched. And I think Jota might be benched against City. And he's playing City. So what would you do in my shoes here? I think you've got to look at the long term, haven't you? So fine. There's The short term is... Jota has a tough fixture, but you probably want to keep him. Yeah, agree. Even if there's rotation risk. Sure. Torres looks like he may have a lot less minutes in future because they're just playing without a a nine now. Mm. And with De Bruyne in the team, and as you said, Gundogan's coming in, he's quite far down the pecking order now. He is. He is now. So he would be one uh, towards the top of your list to get out. Traore despite being benched, has a good run of, of fixtures. So I would put him beneath. He's a smaller fire than Torres. In you my think mind. he is? Yeah, I do agree. I think I, I do agree. My hatred for him was burning strong yesterday. So in my mind, it was like, he's gone. Forget him, keep Torres, he's gone. But you're right, in the, car, in the fresh light of the new day, I think you are right, Torres is the one to go. So am I right in thinking Saar is the best option or am I missing out? Is a Ben Rama an option? Is Saar just the hot new thing and I should be looking elsewhere? What do you reckon? I think they're both good options. I don't think anyone, me being one of those people, can tell you that one is going to be better than the other. Gallagher's in there. For sure. Over the next. Decore is in there. Decore, I'd be surprised if he can continue to return the way that he's returning. But I I think any changes, you you don't want to find yourself in similar situations now. So anyone that you pick, you want for a longer term. So 
I'm thinking talisman now, Josh. I've got to get that talisman mentality back in. So, you know, players that are locked in. It sounds obvious you want players that are going to start every week, but it's so tempting to convince yourself otherwise of some of these guys, isn't it? Mm. Um, and I guess it comes down to they've all, all the people that you're considering will have good underlying stats. And then it's between, for me, upcoming fixtures and who are you scared of most? Yeah, I think I'm scared of Saar. I think I am scared of Saar the most. So they've got so, Leeds, yeah. Liverpool, Everton, Southampton, Arsenal. Is yeah. what's next it's all right, isn't it? It's all right. It's just annoying those bloody Chelsea mids. I've got the money to go up to one of them. I mean, I've got the money to go up to a Grealish if I wanted to, if I got rid of Torres. But it's just, I mean, I've got, <laughs> if I get rid of Torres, I've got 10.9 mil. So it's sort of a... Could I interest you in a Saka or Emil Smith row? Yeah, no, you couldn't. They are, they're the hot new thing after that Spurs win. But I'll say it again, it was Spurs. They got Brighton away. That's a harder game than Spurs, isn't it? I think But now. then they've got Palace, Villa, Leicester, Watford. Not terrible. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's the easiest run for them, to be honest. I'm not like... Yeah, I'm not sort of, I don't know. And people are getting Kovacic here, aren't they? They're getting him in. See, I'm getting, I'm, I'm all over the place, Josh. I need a few more days. Let's see how Champions League goes. Get my thinking cap on. I've got that money in the bank, so I'm not too scared of price rises. It's not like I'm looking at and eyeing up a 10.9 Miller that I'm worried is going to drop. So um, it probably, it will be Torres out, but it, who comes in at the moment is up in the air. Yeah. That's where I am. So, uh, not a terrible place to be though. And you had a lot of points on your bench this week. So, I know um, it's just that the terrible. killer with the top, the, to- the Traore thing is I know if he's benched, he's coming on for that fucking one pointer. <laughs> but if Torres is benched, it's like, well, he's benched, he's not coming on. So it's almost not that bad having him. So that's that sways me a bit back to Traore. Tricky. Anyway, Captaincy, Josh. It's a tough week for captaincy. Who who are you thinking? For me, Lukaku. I think. Mm. I'm, I'm. I know we've talked about that. That bias, that premium bias. But the only ones that I'd really look at from my wildcard team would be Salah, Lukaku, or someone like Antonio. People that have. Returned yeah. consistently or relatively consistently or had good stats, you say, with Lukaku. Um, mm. But Lukaku has by far the best fixture out of those. Liverpool against City. I, I would be surprised if Liverpool in their current form put a lot of goals against City. I don't think they're going to. So Salah might be a dry week for Salah's points. Yeah. And then Antonio, like we said, I mean, you said yourself, you can see Brentford winning. So I did. I did so, yeah, say that. that takes Antonio off the table with the doubt. I just think Lukaku's got the highest potential points, I think. Yeah. Yeah, fair. In terms of players you don't have, Ronaldo, Jimenez. Jimenez against Newcastle, Ronaldo against Everton. Jimenez against Newcastle is interesting, but it's such a small sample size. We've only seen him play one great He scored game. one goal, hasn't he? He scored yeah. one goal. He played very well, but let me see that for two more games and then I'll consider getting him in. Um, and then United, we've really talked about it. Maybe they'll be looking to bounce back, but 
we can only look at their current form you know they're not they don't seem to be flying at the moment so no anyone else interest you no just look at the fixtures now i don't think there's anyone crazy avardi against palace if you're feeling feeling mental um, are you thinking even Watford? I mean, I know you said don't have that premium bias, but you said yourself you can see Star scoring for sure. I mean, I can against the, against the depleted leads. I mean, yeah, if you, I mean, is Star? He's not in the XG tables, is he? Is he going to get? Is his ceiling that high? I would wonder. Not sure it is. Um, no, it's, it's surprising. He's he's had four goals, but his XG is two point one nine. Yeah, well, there you go. So that's, I remember he got a quite a fluky one against Villa day one that wasn't that high. Yeah, he's very, don't get me wrong, I'll, I'll probably bring him in this week. He's very good. But I think ceiling wise, the Lukaku's and Antonio's this week have, have higher and the Ronaldo's, I would say. Yeah. Agree. Um, cool. Agree. Cool. I think that's captaincy done. I think that's our plans done. Our plans say? done. So, now, final, final segment is the Algo teams. How did they get on? Sure. Well, Josh, as we know, the algorithm teams, the XG11 and the Differential United, they, let me get up. So both teams rolled a transfer this week, I should add. So there were no transfers made for either team. So there's two to make this week. And it's been a tight week. It's been a very tight week. So Differential United... The, who we know are performing much worse overall, just to 263 points, are... Uh, so, yeah, they're sitting six mil in the world. They got 44 points this week, which is respectable, yeah. I would yeah. say, considering the terrible week it is. We've got our Jimenezes, our St. Maximans and our Abamyangs doing well for them. So there's under 5% owned strikers. We haven't mentioned Abamyang actually, who, again, could be, could be an option, going, could be becoming an option again. I think we all want to see that. Where differential United let himself down was captaining Mane. Mm. So the highest point scorer in the team so far let differential United down. But Veltman got an assist for, for them tonight. Bowen chipped in with another assist. So yeah, 44 respectable for differentials. Some of these differentials now now coming uh coming coming forward. Raheem Sterling, I think, needs to go. Yeah, just a three three minute appearance for Raheem. He's just becoming a bit part player a bit now, isn't he? For for City, yeah. So a good week for Differential Eleven beating the XG Eleven for a change this week. So the former glorious XG Eleven, a fantastic start to the season. These are players based purely on XG, thirty nine points now uh, for the XG Eleven. So not too far off. Probably going to be around the game week average, I think. Do we know what the average is following that game? I haven't seen the update yet. No, I imagine it'll be around 40 would be my guess. But yeah, not the best week. So again, Mane was highest in the XG table last week. So he got the armband. So only two points for him. Salib came in with seven. Gallagher with the assist. Antonio up top, but Lukaku and Wood up top coming with blanks. Um, Sace got seven points, but the Burnley boys, Tarkowski and me at the back with zero and one respectively. So not the best week for the XG11. Big, big week for them. So this week I am going to make a video about the transfers of these two teams. <laughs> now that there is a, 
now that there is a two transfers to make, I will uh, I will make the video for them and make Perfect. it interesting. So there we are. So they're not so overall they're not doing well. So I have now my my managed team has overtaken these two teams now in overall points, which I was very worried was never going to happen after the first few weeks. So I sit a mighty two points ahead of the XG eleven now. XG eleven on three four three. Overall rank of about two and a half mil. Differential United still languishing in the six million mark, so not not too great. But there we are. Trust in the XG. Come on, the boys. Go on, the lads. Good. Good to hear how the Algos are doing. Um, yeah, and looking forward to see who you bring in for each of those guys. Yes, indeed. Tune into YouTube. Head over to our YouTube channel, by the way, to see this whole podcast in its entirety, and also little snippets throughout the week of the pod and hopefully some other stuff as well. Likes and subscribes, much appreciated. Yeah, thank you very much. Muchas gracias. And that's it. That's everything. The long one, but covered Done. a lot of good points. And, a lot of uh, ground. Yeah, may the luck be with you, or the variance, as you say, and uh, see you next week. Cheers. See you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.